Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, and joining me today, we've got a very special guest, women's head coach at the University of Florida, Jeff Papel. Jeff, how's it going, man? Doing great. How you doing, Coleman? I appreciate you having me on today. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to, to get you on. We were just talking about this earlier. Uh, I've, I've known you for quite a while because you coached one of my former teammates, uh, Leah Pierce, at the University of Arkansas. And I thought that'd be a good starting point. Um, you were at the University of Arkansas, like you had mentioned earlier, 2006 to 2012, you were the head coach there. Um, how, did, how did you end up in Arkansas and what was that first NCAA head coach experience like for you? No, it's, uh, it takes me back, and uh, they're great memories for sure. But now I've been at uh, the Bowl School for 13 years. Uh, I started coaching in 1993 uh, with Greg Troy, and uh, and then he later left in 1998 to come to Florida, took some assistance with him, and, and uh, I remained there, and obviously later became head coach. And uh, I felt like we had accomplished pretty much everything there was to accomplish at Bowls. I mean, Greg took it to a height. Uh, that you know you weren't getting any you weren't going to go any further <laughs> with the Bulls program than what he did. But I, I feel like we had a lot of success while we were there. We were high school national champions. We were top five of U.S. nationals every year. And uh, and after 13 years, I just kind of had the itch to, um, I guess you want to say maybe do something different. And, and I wasn't sure about Arkansas. It was it was interesting that kind of how, how that came about. Um, Arkansas was looking for a new women's coach. And at the same time, the athletic director there, because they were a split athletic department, uh, had reached out to Greg Troy and Jack Barrelly. You know, I swam at Georgia for Jack, and then obviously had worked with Greg. And um, and she was just searching for names, you know, potential candidate names, and both had provided her with, with mine. Uh, and that's kind of how that conversation started. Um, and it was a different challenge. I mean, at Bowles, it was always, you know, keeping the program at the level, you know, it always been. Um, but this, the Arkansas, you know, position was attracting uh, for, for me, uh, and a couple different reasons. Uh, number one, it was in the SEC. So, and obviously I, I had swam in the SEC at, at Georgia. So uh, that was of, of, of interest to me to be in that conference, obviously with those, those great schools. Uh, and then the other thing was, you know, they, they Arkansas was dead last in the SEC, you know, at the time, if you would have, you could actually double their, their point total at the SEC meet, they still would have been dead last at the SEC. That's kind of where they were, you know, at the time when I went there. So I kind of saw this as an opportunity to try to build a program from the bottom, which was completely different than my experience at Bulls. Um, and, and, you know, just try to get a feel for, for you know, personally and professionally, you know, what, what kind of coach I really am. I, and again, it was, it was, you know, enough people always talk about Bulls and they're like, oh, you know, you know, Bulls is always great because this, that, and the other boarding program, you name it. So th- this was an opportunity to kind of step out of the comfort zone a little bit. And first opportunity to coach collegiately you know, which I had never done before, but obviously had an interest in doing. So um, we took the leap, you know, as a family and, and moved out to Arkansas. And, uh, and it was a wonderful experience. We really enjoyed it. it I, I myself just got out to Fayetteville recently for the first time uh, ever. It's, it's, it's a wonderful little town. It's super pretty out there. Uh, so when you finally got out there that first year of college coaching, you know, 
you talked about, you were at pretty much the height you can get at a club level. What talk about the transition from going from club to college and, uh, and you know, what, what were the hurdles you had to face that first season? Oh man, there were a lot of hurdles. <laughs> uh, no, but all good. All good. I, I can't say that I didn't anticipate them, you know, going into it. I felt like I had a pretty good information as to what the program was, was, was like and, and the current situation and, and obviously had a, a kind of goal in mind of kind of where we wanted to go. Um, so one of the first hurdles going into, we, we had 14 athletes on the team, you know, swimming and diving. So it was really small. Um, and at the same time, like you said, not very competitive within the conference. That actually wasn't a bad thing, though, because I, I think, you know, going into that dynamic with a small number of, of individuals, I, I think you have a better chance of maybe changing the culture, uh, you know, with a team environment as, as uh, you know, compared to if you went into a large team. Uh, at the same time, with only 14 athletes, it also provided me an opportunity uh, to have a good amount of scholarship money to recruit with, you know, to again, try to change the dynamic of the program. So it was actually a, a pretty good situation. Um, so, you know, when you look at, I get the question all the time, you know, club versus college, you know, and, um, you know, do you prefer one? Is one better than the other and so forth? It, they're just different. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think, I've never looked at it as being, um, one's better than the other. To me, you know, when I start coaching at Bowles with Greg, um, he had me start with the eight numbers, you know, and he, that was kind of his mindset, you know, someone that, that wanted to get into coaching, coaching swim for the first time, they need to start at the grassroots, you know. So I start with eight numbers, you know, then nine and 10, 11 and 12. I mean, during my 13 years there at Bowles, and then worked my way up to eventually working with 15, 18 year olds. So I felt like I had the experience of working with every phase of development, you know, at every age group. And to, to me, the way I looked at the college swimming piece, it was the next stage, you know, it was just the next stage I'd never had exposure to, but it was still another stage of development. And, and so even today, I mean, after 27 years of coaching, I still kind of always feel like I have a club hat on when I'm coaching even the college athletes, because it's still about development. You know, it really is. It's just at a different stage and a different age. Um, and you know, so I always, you know, kind of look, I looked at it that way when I went to Arkansas, you know, uh, um, you know, regardless of, of their individual backgrounds, because they were all coming from different, different situations, uh, even the ones that were returning athletes. Um, you know, I wanted to try to put a, you know, a program and even a, a training platform in, in place. Um, to help get them to the next level, which is always our, our goal as club coaches, you know, is to try to get our athletes to the next group, maybe, maybe the next age group within the program or next to the next level, maybe it's whether it's getting the sectionals or juniors or nationals, you name it, or Olympic trials. So that's kind of the, the, the mindset I had going into it. And year one, because again, we were, we were dead last in the conference the previous year. And, and my expectations had nothing to do with really team goals and team performance. It was all based around individual performance. And I felt, you know, the focus year one was trying to help kids improve and get better. Cause I've always felt like there's two ways to better your program. Number one is develop the athletes you have. And then number two is recruiting, you know, recruit athletes to, to your program to help you get better. And those are kind of the two key pieces. So year one was also, you know, focused quite a bit on recruiting. 
Um, and I was focused quite a bit on the state of Florida because I had those pre-existing relationships and ties with uh, a lot of the coaches, you know, club coaches within the state. And at the same time, because of the success we had at Bowles, it was one of the top programs in the country, you know, I think there was some credibility there with the Florida athletes and Florida coaches from that standpoint, too. So we ended up bringing in um, – I mean, it was one of the top recruiting classes in the country that first year. Uh, I think they were ranked in the top 10. Uh, and then we jumped up in the top 25 national rankings for the very first time uh, that second year, you know, that I was there. So, so you know, it was, it was a step-by-step. -step. It wasn't a quick fix by any means. But, but that's kind of how we started out, you know, year one. And over time, we started uh, – we were able to attract kind of a higher level of, of recruiting talent, you know, to Arkansas each and every year. And at the same time, that combined with improving the athletes that we had within our program, we were able to kind of take steps, you know, uh, along the way. And it was great. I mean, we, I remember 2009, uh, we were fifth at the SEC championship meet, which is still the highest, you know, finish today at Arkansas. And that was huge for us. Um, and uh, there were, they were um, you know, like I said, coming from the bottom where we were and getting that level, we had SEC champions. We had a number of individuals that went on and finaled. Um, scored at the at the NC2A championships and and that hadn't been happening you know in the years before so um, personally you know it was just really gratifying and and uh, and satisfying as a coach uh, you know knowing where we started and then kind of knowing you know the steps we took during those six years that I was there yeah definitely uh, I mean that's that sounds super cool 2009 you get fifth which is the, yeah the highest in program history you'd only been there three three i think that's the three third years. season yeah um and so then you know you're at arkansas for six years and then you go back to club uh, in florida <laughs> at, at, yeah. at gulliver and uh you know what what motivated that transition again like you said club and college hard to compare they're just different um yeah. you know yeah. what 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 motivated that change and what was it like being back in Florida for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was I was prepared to stay there at Arkansas longer. I mean, we 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 loved it. Actually, my wife and I, and my daughter, the three of us were, were sitting at the dinner table last night because um, she's a senior in high school and okay. she's going through the college process and she just swims high school. She doesn't swim around or anything like that, so she won't swim in college. But we were going over her list of schools. What I'm University of Arkansas. You know, and she got 14 schools, but my wife and I were talking about just how much we really loved it there. I mean, we really did. It's a wonderful place. And, and we probably, I mean, I don't know, hindsight, we'd probably still be there today. But what motivated the move, you know, from Arkansas back to Florida was, was all family driven. Um, I'm from Jacksonville, born and raised. My wife's from Jacksonville, born and raised. Uh, our families, our parents are, are still there. Um, we were at a time we were unfortunately had some some health issues with with both sets of our parents, hers as well as mine, uh, during those those last couple of years at Arkansas, and we were halfway across the country. I mean, you know, obviously in the middle of the country in Arkansas, and we just kind of felt kind of helpless a little bit in terms of being able to provide the so support we wanted to provide, you know, to our family and, and be you know cl close proximity. Um, so that, that's kind of what motivate, motivated the move back to Florida, to be honest with you. It was all family-driven, had nothing to do with, with our experience at Arkansas. I absolutely loved it. But, um, but like I said, we, we want to get closer to home, and there weren't really any college opportunities available at that time. But at Gulliver Prep down in Miami, it was a similar dynamic to what I you know, had, had experienced at Bowles for 13 years. It was a, a prestigious private school. 
they had just built a brand new 10 lane 50 meter facility, state of the art, only about a year old. And they wanted to build a program, you know, a club program, a high school program, you name it. Um, and they, they, you know, the opportunity that they had there was a, was a really, really good one. I, 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 even though the program wasn't like an established program by any means, cause it needed to be built, um, you know, all the benefits and, and perks that you get, you know, in that private school dynamic, which I was able to enjoy when I was at Bowles, Gulliver had. So both, both my children got to go to school there at Gulliver for free, <laughs> which was nice. It was a great, great education, a great private school. Um, the school even owned a house next to the school that we kind of got to live in rent free for a couple of years, which was nice too. And, uh, and then we were about a five and a half hour drive from our family. So it was doable, you know? Um, so it was a, a, a good enough opportunity that, that, that I accepted it and, and got us back to Florida, got us back closer to our family and, and back in the club and high school coaching again. So, um, so yeah, so it, it was good being back in Florida uh, definitely missed it. It's definitely a completely different dynamic than, than out in Arkansas. Um, but, um, you know, I kind of found myself, you know, putting my club hat back on and high school hat cap back on and going back into that situation. But it was similar to Arkansas that it was building a program again, you know, kind of from the bottom. And um, so anyway, it was, it was an exciting challenge and exciting opportunity. And, and again, a, a, a really enjoyable time, you know, down in South Florida. Yeah, let's. I'd, I'd like to get into that a little bit more. Um, so you, once you get to Gulliver, you mentioned that it's similar to Arkansas. You're rebuilding a program, obviously uh, not not as much recruiting, um, but you. Uh, what what specific things like inside the pool um, are you doing to those first couple of years to build that program back up? You mentioned in Arkansas, you know, step by step, but. Um, building the culture, building the training, uh, what's, what, what specific tools, what are a few that you were using, um, during those first couple seasons? Yeah. I mean, not, not too, it's basic stuff. It's not too much different than even how we're starting this first month here in Florida. You know, it's like we, the, the first month we go a week of every stroke, just really breaking down, you know, details with body position and kicking, kicking and just, you know, basically advancing and progressing and adding drills from there. By the end of the week, it's full stroke uh, swimming, you know, hopefully correct. <laughs> That's the goal. And, and basically spend a week of every stroke building a foundation. And then you start training from there and conditioning stroke from there. But that's kind of always been the way I've approached a season, if you just kind of break it down that way and simplify it. And, um, and there's no different there. I mean, I think when it comes to elite level swimming, uh, you know, when you, when you go to a national level meet or Olympic trials or something like that, or even an NC2A meet, um, you know, you, you really can see consistent um, things done correctly with, with the elite level athletes and the best ones. So I don't think there's a whole lot of secrets, you know, as it relates to what, what it takes and what's necessary, you know, to, to be successful in the sport. Yeah, there's varying degrees of talent, you know, obviously with every athlete, athlete and, and skill sets. But at the same time, you put all that aside, I think it comes back to being able to swim efficiently, you know, in all four strokes. And a lot of that, it's technique, you know. So, uh, you know, that was kind of the big, big focus going in there because I felt like, hey, I mean, even volume-wise, uh, in a normal training situation, when I went to Gulliver, I took everything that I kind of had done before at Bowles, and I scaled it back probably 75%, 50 to 75%, you know, if you're talking about training, volume, intensity, you name it. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's a 
a big emphasis on, on, on technique, even more so. It was probably skewed that way more so than the training focus and volume focus. Because I was like, I just, I knew where they were and I knew where we wanted to go. And I just kind of tried to find a place in the middle as a starting point. And um, so that's kind of what I did year one. And, um, and it was good. And then ne the next year, because it was a lot of the same individuals, I just tried to take a step further, you know, with the volume and, and the training intensity, you know, and, and eventually trying to get to a place that maybe was similar to what I did at Bowles, you know, in the club and high school environment there. And it's, it, I think that just comes back to knowing your team you know, knowing your athletes and kind of knowing where they're at and, and just being realistic, I guess, in terms of your expectations and what you think they can handle in year one. Um, and then, at, you know, and it's like anything, once they're able to kind of master that and, and, and gain confidence with it, then you can try to progress from there, you know. Um, so not too unlike, I think, even when you have an athlete come to the college level and they're here for four years, year one is, is a transition year for so many of them. So you're kind of approaching it still the same way. And then each year you try to take another step and you try to advance a little further to spark that, you know, continual improvement over a four year period. So that's kind of the way I approached it, you know, there at Gulliver. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you it, it sounds like you have a strong emphasis on four strokes technique. Do you have a favorite stroke or a favorite event to coach or a favorite event that you like watching? It sounds like the 400 IM might, might be it. Oh, <laughs> Definitely the 400 IM, uh, for sure. Uh, it's there, there's, uh, again, I, I, I started my coaching career with, with Greg Troy at Bowles and, and always a very strong individual medley focus. And there should be in the club dynamic. It should be, you know, it should be about teaching all four strokes and, and developing all four strokes and trying to develop the most well-rounded, you know, swimmer that you can. Um, so again, probably dating back to when I started coaching and where I started it and who I started it with, um, individual medley has always just been number one in my mind as it relates to, you know, my, my favorite events, favorite thing to develop. And, and, that, and that dynamic, if it's individual medley, you're developing all four strokes, you know, and to me, that's, that's, that's I enjoy doing that. It's just, it's a lot of fun because you know, every stroke is different. And uh, from a technical standpoint, um, each individual has different things that you look for to try to improve. So I, I think the IM is the most challenging for sure. Uh, I think of, of the strokes to develop. Yeah, yeah I, I certainly uh, believe in that philosophy personally and as a coach as well. But tell me a little bit more about why you believe that. You know, if, if many, many club swimmers, many college swimmers, many swimmers generally, you know, might, might be of the mindset of I only need to be able to swim the 50 and the hundred freestyle or, or the, the hundred butterfly or the hundred breaststroke, you know, why, why do you think it's important for swimmers to really be well-rounded in all four strokes? Yeah, there's a number of different reasons. I mean, to, for, for me, you can look at it two, two perspectives. If you're looking at it from a coaching perspective, I've, I've always kind of felt like if you want to have a successful team, you know, whether it be at the club level or even at the college level, I, I've always felt like the more versatility uh, within your program and, and the more versatile your athletes are, I, I think you have more opportunities, you know, to score points, you know, at an SEC meet or an NCAA championship. Um, even from a, you know, again, if we're approaching from the college standpoint, from one year to the next, you know, events change. I mean, one, one year, the 200 fly could be like, a really strong event, you know, at the conference level or at NC2As, the next year it could be the weakest event, you know, depending on who graduates, you know, a given year mm -hmm. and who comes in. So when you have athletes that are versatile and can go in different 
different ways, different directions, different, different, and you have different options as a coach. You know, I, I feel like you kind of have a stronger team, you know, because you, you can do more diff- different things. But if they're more one dimensional, they can only go one stroke or one distance. You're, you're kind of handcuffed, you know, in terms of what you can do. Uh, and then the other thing is really just from from the ath- the individual athlete standpoint. I mean, you you see it as a club coach. You don't see it as much college wise, but sometimes strokes change, strengths and weaknesses change. You know, so I mean. I know there's athletes that maybe when they were younger, they're a breaststroker, but then, you know, when they hit 15, 16, body change, so forth, maybe they're no longer a breaststroker, they're a butterflyer, <laughs> they're a freestyler. So, but if you try to specialize too young and too early and you never really got that exposure to the other strokes, then you'll never ever be able to experience that transition to another event or to that another stroke because you never were introduced to it to, to begin with. So I feel like if you kind of had that foundation well-rounded in all four strokes, it gives you options if you need them, you know, as you progress, you know, I, even injury, you know, I hate to say, but someone at the collegiate level gets injured, you know, somehow. I mean, maybe that prevents them from doing a stroke they've always done. And, you know, they still want to be able to add, you know, add to the team and be productive to the team. And, and you want them that way, obviously, as a coach. So if they kind of have that well-rounded background, that may allow you to go into a different event or a different stroke that otherwise they would not be able to do if they didn't have that well-rounded, uh, you know, background behind them. So those are just kind of, like I said, I think there's a lot of different reasons why you would like to develop well-rounded swimmers, but those are kind of, uh, you know, different reasons, both from an individual standpoint, as well as from a team dynamic standpoint in terms of build, building a strong team. Like I said, personally, it makes, makes sense to me. Sense. I love that philosophy. I, I, th- I think it's a good way to go, uh, especially – when you're working with eight-year-olds uh, yeah. or, you know, the, the younger side of swimming. Uh, so, so you're at Gulliver for four seasons and then, uh, and then you make the transition to college coaching again. Uh, t- take me through that process and, and what was it like? Because um, this was your first time coaching at the collegiate level on a uh, men's and women's combined team. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely was. And, and I – I wasn't expecting to leave Gulliver. I really wasn't. I wasn't looking to leave Gulliver. I got a phone call from Greg Troy. And he called me for the women's NC2A meet. It was in 2016. Uh, so that was, you know, the end of my fourth year at, at Gulliver. Um, we were, like you said, we, we loved where we were in South Florida. Both my kids were loving school down there at Gulliver. And, and you know, within our club, we were doing some great things. And it was, I wasn't looking to leave. So this was kind of a surprise. But uh Greg called me up and he said, Hey, um, how'd you like to come to Florida and, and, and help me re- rebuild the women's program? I go, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, I'm at the NC2A meet right now. You know, we just finished 19th, which isn't quite, you know, Florida standards and kind of where we've been in the past. But to add to that, um, all their scores at the NC2A meet were all seniors and graduating. So there were no returning point scores coming in the next year. And there were 17 incoming freshmen. Uh, including two two of my athletes from Gulliver that were part of the women's team that were, were coming in, and um, and Martin Willby uh, was a longtime associate head coach here. Always leaned a little bit more to the women's side. Um, he he was getting out of college coaching. And Martin, one of my close friends, I actually just talked to him yesterday when we were walking out walking the dog. But um, and we all coached together at Bulls, Martin and Greg and my and myself. So we we all had that strong relationship. But Martin was getting out of college coaching. So um, it had nothing, you know, it had nothing to do with anything other than that. Martin was getting, was getting out. 
so Greg had a, an opening uh, and, and something that he wanted to, to fill. And at, this, at that time in the com combined dy dynamic, Florida's men's team was competing at a really high level. Caleb was here at the time, you know, top three at NC2As. Um, but the women weren't there. The women were, what, seventh, I think, at the SEC meet that, that year or the year before. Um, and, and because all the returning scores from NC2As were all, all graduated, uh, they, I mean, it really was rebuilding from the bottom again on, on the women's side of the program at Florida. So uh, he, a he asked me, how would you like to, to, to come to Florida? So, um, you know, I came in, I interviewed, I met with Jeremy Foley, who was the athletic director at the time, who was phenomenal. And um, still wasn't sure whether or not I wanted to, 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 to do it or not. But uh, when we started putting everything down on paper and weighing out pros and cons or whether we're staying at Gulliver or coming here, um, you know, we felt it was definitely the opportunity to get back into college coaching. Definitely an opportunity, to your point, to be in a combined gender uh, college program, which I'd never experienced before because at Arkansas it was just women. Um, it's only an hour and a half from Jacksonville. So it was even closer to our family, you know, my wife and I. It's an hour and a half drive. It's easy. Um, and, and we love North Florida. I mean, like I said, that's where we were born and raised and, and kind of grew up. And, uh, and like I said, it, it also got me reconnected with Greg Troy. I mean, Greg – you know, arguably you look back over his career, he's one of the most successful coaches ever, you know, in, in the sport of swimming. So to have the opportunity to come here and work with him and learn from him, you know, continue to learn from him. Because uh, I always did when I was at Bowles. I mean, every year I feel like I picked something different up from him. And, and that was all club. I really hadn't had the opportunity to learn from him in the college dynamic. So uh, I felt like those were all, you know, great reasons, you know, to, to take the leap. It was a little different because I've been a head coach the previous 15 years. So it was a little weird going into an assistant role, you know, but if there's anybody I'd do it with or do it for, it'd be Greg, you know, without a doubt. So uh, that's kind of what led me, you know, to the University of Florida uh, in 2016. And uh, so, uh, again, again. That first season, that first season, like you said, like you no said, returning no point, scores, point scores, 17, 17 incoming freshmen. Yeah. Um, you know, what do you, what do you learn that season? What, what, how are you approaching that differently than maybe Arkansas or Gulliver? Um, you know, cause that's, that, that's kind of a different, again, yeah. you, you are rebuilding, but that, it's a little bit of a different situation again. Yeah. Rebuilding for sure. Um, and I get it. I, I, I mean, I, there wasn't much influence that I could really provide either in year one. I mean, as an assistant, I mean, Greg, Greg's the head coach and, and obviously uh, my, my, my role, my responsibility as the assistant is to support Greg, you know, and obviously as head coach of the program. Um, you know, I, I, enjoy, I had the, the exposure to both sides, men and women, um, you know, and the way that Greg uh, coaches, you know, in our team dynamic. And again, we have between 80, 90 athletes, both of our teams, men and women, programs so yeah 80 90 athletes combined so in every day I mean Greg he's man he's brilliant from this standpoint because I could never do this but but he always felt like this is what true coaching is and was is um I mean he every day I mean he's like hey you 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 you. I want you to go there you 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 and he, and he didn't necessarily have this written down either I mean mm -hmm. he just that and say, hey, I want you to go here this day, you go there, you name it. And then even from a coaching standpoint, he's like, Jeff, I want you to take the breaststrokers today. You know, Anthony, take the distance freestylers. You know, Steve, take the flyers. You name it. Every day it changed. So I was a different group every day. The athletes were constantly rotating through groups. Again, I, me and my mind was just like kind of scrambled because that's just not, that's just not how I, I operate. But 
to him, I mean, he knew ex he had a plan. So it's not like, you know, this, he didn't know what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. To me, it was brilliant, you know, but to me, I just knew I couldn't do that. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, year one for me, I really, I was just, I was learning a lot. I really wasn't directing anything, you know, and, and, and I didn't really, I wasn't able to really provide influence other than with the relationships with the women. You know, that, that to me, I saw as my, my, my big role was to make sure that, because Greg had a, a whole program in, you know, 80, 90 athletes, men and women, that he had to be responsible for directing. So I just wanted to make sure within the women's program that I obviously had a real good pulse with each individual. Um, and then I could relay that to Greg, you know what I mean, in terms of communication with him. Um, and then recruiting was big. So, you know, Greg, I know, was at a point where, um, you know, I was doing most of the women's recruiting uh, Anthony was doing the men's recruiting along with Steve. Um, and then Greg would kind of get involved on the tail end of the recruiting process when it came down to kind of sealing the deal and, 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 and get him here or you know, doing the scholarship pieces at, at the end. Uh, but I, a lot of my responsibility was recruiting, you know, as well. So that was kind of it. So it's completely different than at Arkansas when I was head coach. You know, there, there was a lot more on my plate there and a lot more that I had responsibility for as head coach that I didn't have, you know, responsibility for my, my first couple of years here at Florida. So, yeah. And, uh, I mean, it seems like you guys <laughs> did an all right job. Uh, those first couple of years you, you got, you got NC two A <laughs> you got NC two A scores, but back, uh, I think it took a little bit, but you got there. <laughs> that's, that's you know the, you did, that was, that was, that was the year that was written on Swimsman. <laughs> zero points at the NC2A meet. You know, the, the amazing thing about that is it wasn't too unlike year one at Arkansas. And that year one, we were focused a lot on the individual improvement. There's no doubt. I mean, with 17 incoming freshmen, no returning point scores, year one was focused on trying to get our individuals to a different level um, and kind of taking a step there. Um, and and we, we did. That, that was the amazing thing. As, as much as people, you know, talked about that, my first year here, we didn't score any points with our women's team at NC2A. It's the first time ever. And it's yeah. horrible. It's not what you want to be reading in the, in the news. <laughs> but at the same time, if you looked at the individual strides that our athletes took that year, I mean, it was pretty amazing. I mean, we, were, we were pleased, you know, from that standpoint. But yeah. it didn't show our team results. We were still seventh at the SEC meet. Uh, and like I said, at NC2A's, we were very competitive. And even my second year here, seventh at the SEC meet, and really, we scored points at the NC2A meet the second year, but, but it wasn't a whole lot. So we, we still feel, felt like we weren't making the strides that we wanted to make uh, those first couple of years. So. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it is an important part of that history. And, and like you said, it, when you get a context of, well, we have no returning scores, we have 17 incoming freshmen, like, you know, it's the, obviously it's not where you want to be as a team, but individually – you made strides and it put, you know, obviously those first two seasons, I think put you in a pretty good place to take over once, once Troy retired, uh, you, 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 you end up taking over the women's team as their head coach. And, uh, you know, we've, we're, we're down to six minutes. So that's a, that's a great place. And I think, t tell me about, um, these past couple seasons as the head coach for the women's team and, and what that transition was like for you. No, they've been great. And, you, and you, you're right. You hit it on the head. Those first two years, 
did set a platform for these last two years, without a doubt. Uh, and, and I don't think we'd be, we, we would have been able to accomplish what we've accomplished the last two years without those first two years and kind of what we went through there. So um, recruiting, big piece. You know, we brought in a, a real strong recruiting class that were freshmen my first year in that position. So that helped a ton. Um, and, you know, it was interesting. Again, we, we knew we kind of had been down for a couple of years and we had a combination of freshmen that were coming in that, you know, somewhere on the national junior team, national team wanted to make some, some, some big impacts here at University of Florida, which was exciting for them. But then we also had a combination of sophomores, juniors, and seniors that weren't happy with where the program was, and they were extremely motivated to change it, you know. So that combination was really powerful. And um, we swam really where it all really started taking off for us. It, it's one, one meet, dual meet against Georgia. We swam Georgia in a dual meet at Georgia, uh, our women. And we beat them. And it was the first time I think we had beaten Georgia at Georgia in 25 years as a women's program. And it was a huge, huge confidence booster. And that's what we needed. Uh, we needed confidence, you know, as a program. And it felt like after that meet, and it was a really tight meet. It was really close, came down to the last relay, you name it. But it felt like that was the confidence boost we needed to kind of start moving forward. And we did. So we just kept building off of that throughout the course of the season. Um, we went to the SEC meet. And we finished second. So we've been seventh the previous three years, and we finished second uh, to Texas A&M, who won their fourth championship in a, in a row. Um, and you, you at that meet, you gave them a run. I think that's worth noting that, uh, you know, heading – it, it might not have ended up close, but I think uh, heading into that meet in the first couple of days, everyone was kind of like, uh, hold on a second. Can, can Florida actually <laughs> win this? And you didn't, but I think it was it – was, it was, you know, it was kind of up in the air for, for maybe a couple of days. Yeah, we were, we were in it on the beginning of it. Ran out a little, little steam there at the end. But, no, it was great. I mean, we um, – our freshmen were huge at that meet, but also our returners. I mean, we had um, – Vanessa Pearl was, what, 403, 400 IM. She broke a losing Beisel school record in the 2 IM at 153 and did that as a freshman. And she also broke our school record in the 200 breaststroke. But I think all three times, all three swims, were the fastest in the country for a freshman. I don't think there was a, a faster freshman nationally. And then Leah Bradwell, who was one of our freshman distance freestylers, went 436 in the five and a free. She won the mile in 1553. We actually went first and second in that. She won it. And then Taylor Alt, who was one of our sophomores, was second. Uh, and those two times were the fastest times in the country for a freshman as well uh, for Leah. And uh, and then our returners were great. Sheridan Dressel, Kelly Fertel, those guys. And, and it was awesome. And I, I will be honest, we focused on the SEC meet. We, we knew we needed to take a step as a program. And we just felt like that was the realistic step. You know, uh, we went to NC2As, um, you know, a, a month later. Our returners were able to re-rest and be just as good, if not faster. Our freshmen struggled <laughs> with the re-rest and retaper. Most of them had never done that before. Um, but that was year one. And then year two, this past year, um, we just built on it because we had a lot of the athletes return. And, you know, I think we were ranked number one in the country for a couple months in the fall in the dual meet season, which was great. Sheridan Dressel was tearing it up and doing well. We finished second again at the SEC meet. This time it was even closer. It was 28 points, uh, and it came down to us in Tennessee. Tennessee obviously won. But this year was a little different that we did have some athletes who were trying to focus a little more on NC2As because we felt like that was the next step. We were great at SECs year one, but not as good. We, we moved up at NC2As, but it still wasn't where we should have been. So this year, we obviously wanted to have the same success at SECs, if not win. Uh, that was our goal. But then we needed to be better at NC2As. And our relays were fantastic last year. It was a 
huge, huge step for our program. And we felt like that was going to be the needed step or addition we needed to be able to make a, a step at NC2A. So uh, that's kind of what the last two years have been like, but um, they've been fun, a lot different than my first two years here. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun. We've really enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. So we're, we're down to 60 seconds. Uh, take us through the next couple months for you, you know, with, with quarantine, with all the uncertainty, what are you guys focusing on just, just, you know, for the rest of 2020? You know, it's, it, it, it's, well, that's a good question. Cause so much is still up in the air and uncertainty. I mean, we're, you know, whether it be the regular season dual meet, or I mean, uh, you know, as the SEC's made a decision, we can come back and start doing dual meets October 1st. Well, the other conferences aren't necessarily in that situation. I think, um, uh, you know, ACC's November 1st, Big Ten, I don't think is going to start competing until January 1st is what I've heard from friends of mine that coach in that conference. Um, so it presents challenges for us putting a, a regular season schedule together. And at the same time, we still don't really know what our SEC meet's going to look like because we know it's going to be different because there's no we're, – we're one of the few combined conference meets. So there's no way we can be combined this year in, the, in this COVID environment because of social distancing. So all that's still in the air. So I don't really know what that's going to look like, but we're working hard to figure it out because I really think number one concern for me right now is just our athletes' mental state more than anything else. And I think the sooner we can get something established and down on paper, the, I think it's going to be much better for them to be able to kind of focus in on getting back to training at the level we need to train at uh, and also have that motivation that we need to have to move forward again. I mean, that's the goal. We want to move forward again. So, so that's, that's what we're focused on right now. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on and talking with me today for a while. You've been listening to the Swim Swim Podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim Podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.